Hey, it's Ryan, and welcome to The Art of Paying Attention, where paying attention is our endless and proper work. How are we doing? How are we? What's going on? How was uh, Thanksgiving? Did you make it through Turkey? Did you make it through crazy political, religious conversations with Uncle Larry? Hopefully it didn't kill your soul. Uh, Hope you're well. Uh, Good to be back with you. And uh, we are moving, depending on when you're listening to this podcast, we're, we're getting close to Christmas. So hopefully the Christmas spirit, the holiday spirit is upon you. Hopefully you have loved ones nearby. Hopefully you're enjoying some gift buying. Hopefully you have some parties, some gatherings, some ways to remember hope and whatever that may look like for you. And uh, yeah, I'm really excited the, the ways we celebrate, and the ways we cultivate hope in our lives and, and home and my work and I know our, our, we'll be doing some church gatherings and uh, having some family gatherings and uh, it's going to be a, a great time. So I, I, I pray that, uh, you know, even in the midst of uh, holidays can bring up all kinds of pain and loss and sadness. Um, I pray you find some threads of hope. Um, look around and, and see the, the good things, the, the, the friends, the family, the, the work, the, the things that you get to be, be part of. There's, there's a lot of good, good things, a lot of grace around us, as I say. So, uh, so glad to be back with all of y'all. And uh, today we have a great conversation with Peter Schroeder. And Peter is the CEO and founder of a fantastic, unique phone company, uh, Telzio. And, uh, and, I, and I, you're going to love this story. I know it may sound like, oh, that's not that exciting. Uh, it's really exciting uh, because of the way in which Peter went about starting this company, how it's doing well and realizing you're not going to compete against AT&T and Verizon and all the big, big guys, but how he goes about thinking about um, w- what makes our brand, what makes our company useful and, uh, and, and different and unique. And, and what I, I really loved about this conversation is it's so applicable to so much, so many things in life. I think we always look at whatever you're building, whatever you're starting, and you have to compete against, you know, the big people and the comparison is Walmart and the comparison is Apple and Amazon. And the comparison is, you know, if you're starting a nonprofit, it's the, you know, our church or something, it's the big church down the street. That's our competition. But he really didn't think about it in those terms. And, uh, and it's really about this kind of abundance versus scarcity mindset. It's, it's, there's enough for everyone to play and you don't have to compare yourself. You don't have to try to be something else, but actually bring a unique voice and bring a unique angle. So I think you're going to really enjoy my conversation with Peter Schroeder. He seems like a, a genuinely good guy, has some, some cool stories and, and, uh, and, uh, interesting background. And, uh, and so, yeah, I hope you enjoy our conversation. Uh, just a quick reminder, uh, if you're following along on our uh, Substack, you can uh, sign up for the newsletter uh, every week or a week ish. Um, I try to send them out every week. Uh, I send out seven things that I'm paying attention to, and some different links, different things swirling around that might be interesting to you. So if you get on the, the newsletter, you also get updated on all the latest stuff, podcasts, and whatever else is going on. So hopefully that will serve you well. Keep us paying attention to the things that, that matter most. And uh, so without further ado, here's my conversation with Peter Schroeder. Well, good. Well, um, Peter, so uh, thanks for coming on and uh, it'd be great to uh, chat with you today. And of course, we are the art of paying attention. Mm-hmm. So what are you paying attention to? 
<laughs> right now, I'm paying attention to trying to get this recording in progress that sits over your face. There. <laughs> <laughs> it was literally like right your your in right. your face. Um, what am I paying attention to? Good question. Um, I'm paying attention to um, a lot of things. I think um, primarily our customers. Um, that's really always been my, my, my primary thing. It's not so much about revenue and that kind of stuff for me. It's about uh, making sure that our customers are happy then, that they you know, leave a happy review and they uh, are, are you know, getting a good experience and, and, and uh, getting the most of it. That's, that's really my primary thing. Fantastic. So uh, Telzio, is that how you say it? Um, uh, Telzio. Yeah, Telzio, uh, your tech startup uh, dealing with... Uh, phone communication uh looks really cool um well let's talk a little bit about that so you actually came from somewhere and if i read in your bio correctly you're actually a plane survivor plane crash survivor and uh so i imagine out of pain out of challenge out of adversity um things happen so take us back a little bit just kind of how you got to where you are today oh um well i mean i started when i was really really young um I started doing media stuff. I was actually a radio reporter for a national radio uh, at age of nine, doing kids shows, uh, reporting all over the country. I grew up in Denmark, um, so I traveled around in Denmark and, and talked to other kids, and eventually that led to be on TV and doing the same thing. Um, so I was really young, and then I started my first uh, website, uh, founded my first company, really, uh, when I was 14. Where I uh, uh, built a just like right when the internet was just becoming a thing, uh, built this first community for artists in Scandinavia, which grew and became really big. Eventually sold it uh, when I was 18 and started DJing. Uh, from there on, I became a, a you know a, a, a music producer. I founded a record uh, label. I had a band. I was on tour and did that for a good 10, 15 years um, until I burned out. Um, completely burned out. I played 383 gigs in 2012, uh, and, and it was completely. I was just done. Uh, so I, I asked uh, my my manager back then to to put a pause on the on the bookings, and so I can kind of just regroup and also create some new music. I couldn't do that when I was on tour. So um, while I was doing that, I, I started tinkling with this uh, idea of of, of Telcio, where it's like. Um, you know, I needed a phone service for a different project I was working on, and and they couldn't find anything that was good out of the box. Worked, you know, that was just easy to use and affordable. Um, so I started building that, and just for myself, really. And, and and that eventually there was a product, there was something that you know other people could actually benefit from. So I put it online and and you know wrapped it in a, in a little website and stuff like that, and then uh, posted on it uh, about it on a, on a message board, uh, and people started signing up. And that's really the short story. It's, it's, uh, uh, it's really just how, how I got started. Uh, now I've been doing it for 10 years. And yeah, we were a startup. Uh, we're not really a startup, but we're kind of a startup still. Uh, we're definitely much like that in our spirit and, and you know, in terms of um, the way we run the company. So, yeah, it's interesting. You're, so at nine years old, very creative, you know, obviously, you know, doing media and websites and uh, tell us a little bit about kind of like growing up in Denmark. I mean, is that, was that around you, music, uh, creativity, books, uh, you know, do whatever you want. I mean, how'd you get, how'd you get kind of into that? How'd you know that was kind of your fit, kind of your, your deal? That's it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, music was definitely around me. My, my mother was a pianist. My dad was a drummer. He was, he was out on gigs all weekends and 
My mom, uh, when she was 16, was invited in to play uh, lead pianist as, uh, for the local symphony orchestra uh, where I grew up. Uh, but her dad, my grandfather, wouldn't allow her. She needed to get a real education, so she came out, became out and, and became an engineer instead. Uh, so I have you know those two sides to me for sure. Uh, growing up, my dad, my grandfather was a telephone technician, so there's no surprise that I'm I have some kind of fascination for for phones and and that kind of stuff. And then, um, yeah, I think I think it's just always been been part of me. But but you know, to me, those two things are not that far apart. Um, technology and, and music is, is is very much alike. And you know, I, I would say the the best developers I have ever worked with are very creative people. Uh, it's a misunderstanding that that they're just mathematicians that sit in a dark basement. Uh, absolutely not. It's the exact opposite. And and so I think I think those two are very much going hand in hand. Um, and then I just have some, you know, this entrepreneur. Genome, uh, thing. <laughs> you know, like you, you, you like you. Uh, I just can't uh, stop thinking about ways you can uh, deliver things to people, and uh, whether that being something you can make money off of, or, or it's just something that's benefiting a lot of people. Uh, I always kind of wanna wanna just help as many out as I, as I can with with whatever I build. Well, I thought it interesting. I've talked to you know a lot of people over the years. And I, I find that connection, like you're saying, between music kind of creativity, but also like business entrepreneurship, they, they're, they tend to be kind of a nice fit. Um, yeah. You know, cause I think in, in music too, I mean, you are in one, one sense, you're, you're problem solving, you're, you're trying to figure out, okay, how do we move this sound over here? How does this mm-hmm. chorus work lyric? You know, how does it come together as a whole? But when you think of like a business, I mean, right. You're trying to say, okay, I got this product. I have this thing, you know, you know, why would anyone want this thing? How do we make it better? How do we, you know, it just, it seems like, yeah, these different disciplines kind of all work together. They're not just these separate um, disparaging things. Um, yeah. So when you were, um, what, talk us through a little bit kind of as you were um, beginning your, your startup was, you know, moving from music to kind of, you got this product, you had this problem that you're trying to solve, you know, um, with communication, phone, what have you. Um, I mean, what were those early days like? Like, Okay, let's just do it. What I mean, how, did you have any help? Did you have any coaching? Did you have any, you know, mentors, or just like throw it out there, see what happens, and just kind of make it up as we go? Yeah, I, I wish I had a mentor. I, this <laughs> is one of the things that I've always wished I've had uh, in all, everything I've done in my life. I've I haven't been fortunate enough to have one. Uh, and to me, a mentor is really like someone who engages in, in and helps you, uh, not just uh, someone you can ask for, uh, you know, advice or a question once in a while. Um, and that's something I, I feel is, is tremendously helpful for, for, for people that I see have it, um, that have that, that, that help, you know, t- tell you all the little shortcuts and the, the things you, you, do, you don't le- read about and, and mm-hmm. don't learn. Um, it was definitely difficult in the beginning because we had absolutely no money. Uh, I founded the company with my wife. Um, uh, back then we were just dating and, and, you know, going out and raising money, uh, saying, hey, we're a couple, we just started dating and uh, here's an idea, uh, we're going <laughs> to compete against uh, AT&T and Verizon. And <laughs> like, yeah, that's, that's, that's hard. Uh, that's a hard sell. Um, and on top of that, phone service is just not a sexy product either. Um, so we thought we had to go raise money. We thought, you know, all you really hear about is, is tech companies, well, you go to a VC and you raise uh, $200 million and then you burn it in a year and uh, either you fail or you, you win. You just never hear about all the ones that don't raise money. And we're, mm. we're those, um, we tried in the beginning and, and, and eventually we were like, okay, yeah, maybe this is actually not what we're in the world to do. Um, and, and I think it's also a misunderstanding the kind of people that raise money and that raise those kind of, kind of, kind of money. Um, 
it's 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 a whole different a play. Uh, they are not necessarily entrepreneurs and, and inventors and 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 creative uh, uh, what, whatever you 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 would say. They are, they are professional money racers. They are in it for raising bonus money and and then having an exit, uh, possibly just letting the the company uh, fail and then you've made a bunch of money on on your salaries and bonuses along the way. Um, it's a different game, uh, and that's not what we wanted to do. It's not not ever wanted what we wanted to to be and and. Um, we just wanted to build a, a cool product and, and uh, build an actual business. Um, we didn't understand that in the beginning, that beginning, but that was definitely something we learned. Um, and instead of, of doing that, we basically cashed in our my wife's four one k sixteen thousand dollars and bootstrapped it, uh, uh, and and just took the long road. So every time we got new customers, well, there was a little bit more re- revenue, and eventually we could hire the first person. So I didn't have to do necessarily tech support. Well, actually, the first tech support came way, way down the road. I did tech support for the first three, four years. Um, but sales and, and, and those kind of things, you know, eventually we build out a team and, and now we have a, a, a really healthy, growing business. Well, I like that because I think you're, you were um, kind of doing the thing I think a lot of people don't, whatever you're building, starting, is that you have to kind of decide what, what do we want? Like what, you know, you're thinking of, I mean, you weren't married at the time, but you know, maybe future wife or uh, obviously you love this person, but like, what, what does the company want to be, you know? And, and if we make this decision to be connected to a VC or, you know, have all this money we have to raise, there's, there's certain obligations, there's certain uh, things we can or can't do. Um, and that's a, that's a hard, hard place to be, right? Because you do need money and you do, you do need to, you know, live and, and, and yet you were kind of thinking long-term, um, now I heard I heard you say earlier um, that you kind of want to keep you know you're not really a startup been going about ten years but you want to kind of keep that kind of startup entrepreneurial spirit like how do you how do you define that for you what, what are some of the like values for you as a company that keeps you kind of kind of uh, limber if you will as a kind of entrepreneurial startup Well, so I think um, it comes back to the whole thing about not having a VC breathing down your neck. Uh, uh, when you when you take VC money, you are not working for yourself anymore. You're you're working for them. There's there's no doubt. You could just go get a corporate job. Then uh, it's the same thing. Uh, we are ten years in, and we still own 100 percent of the company. Well, we took a little bit of friends and family uh, in the beginning, but you know we own almost all of it, and that means that we can do with it whatever we want. We can build exactly what we feel is right for our customers. What we feel is is gonna take this company to the next step. And and it it might be right, it might be wrong, uh, you know. But but at least we are in control, and we can do whatever makes us happy, and 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 makes it keeps it interesting for us. Uh, because you know, ten years is a long time to work on the same project, and and it, it needs to be, you know, you need to be happy to still go to work every single day. And I still am. Um, so I think I think it's it's, it's that uh, it's really the essence. It's, it's it's the fact that we are in control and. Uh, we can we can take the company. We built new features uh, and and be nimble. And also, we're trying to keep the team really, really small. We're trying to have you know, really, really, really good people on the, on the team, really smart people, uh, and and then keep the team small instead of just growing a big staff uh, and 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 creating this uh, you know corporate culture. So that also means that we have you know this camaraderie, this this uh, uh, this culture in the company where where people are friends and and, and you know actually hang out uh, and 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 like uh, going to work. No, I like that because I I, I I talk to a lot of artists, musicians, you probably resonate with this too. And, you know, a lot of times when you're making art or, you know, writing a book or whatever it may be, um, you do have to make decisions like, you know, is this going to be mine or is it going to be the editor or is it going to be the publisher or is it going to be because because the minute you do get kind of 
money behind it, corporate corporations behind it, more voices behind it. It it starts to take on a life of its own and becomes something else that maybe isn't your authentic voice or isn't your uh, your style or your thing that you're trying to put out in the world. And that that is a tricky thing because right, it's again we do need money, we do need support, we do, but we have to make some really hard decisions of of what are we willing to sacrifice, you know, for the longer longer game. Uh, I, I like what you're saying, just like keeping things small, keeping things, um, you know friendships having a culture that people actually like going to work um because i think you know in the, in the corporate world there you always think that that's the only game in town i mean that's the only only way you can do it that's just what we know and it's easier that way and they got money and backing and all that but like what is the can you put a price tag on actually liking to go to work every day <laughs> can you put a price tag of actually enjoying the people that you work with um th- there's really no price on that no amount of benefits no amount of you know 401k whatever it is um I think there's a a generation that actually craves that. I think a younger generation, um, I have teenagers and um, I I think their generation too is just really saying, I'd rather do a job that I really enjoy and work with people that I enjoy as opposed to, you know, maybe I can make millions and millions of dollars or whatever. Um, Do you find that to be true? And just in the the people you work with and kind of your own thinking, like, well, like, how'd you, how'd you come to come to these conclusions? Yeah. So I I think, I think it's, it's, it's spot on what you're saying. It's, um, I mean, one of the, the the things you can't buy is is, is time. Uh, you well, you can, and 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 that's just a matter of of, of the freedom, right? And to me, to me, uh, being an entrepreneur and 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 uh, doing what I, I like to do is 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 the most important thing. It's way more important than than money. Um, I, I I would actually say that you know uh, I forgot who who it was that that said this on I think it was one someone on Shark Tank or something that that entrepreneurs are the only ones who's willing to work 40 hours or 80 hours a week to avoid working 40 hours a week <laughs> and, and 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 you know it's it's mm-hmm. it's spot on because like I I work a lot uh, but I also have this um in the back of my head uh, that that I can always you know go do whatever I need to do in the middle of the day without having to worry about asking someone for permission to do it you know, it's 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 this freedom uh, that uh, I think is really distinct for entrepreneurs, and that's I think most entrepreneurs can 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 agree to this that that that's really the most important thing. Why you're doing it? It's not so much about uh, I want to be a billionaire. Uh, it's nice to make money. It's not, don't get me wrong, and I I, I I definitely think commercially when I when I think about running a business, but um, it's really just about that freedom and. If you really are to, to to put it to the extreme, I think uh, that's what you take away when you put people to to in, in prison, right? That's the whole purpose of of, of prison. Is is it's not so much about giving them a bad time with bad food and and, and stuff like that, right? It's, it's it's about taking away that freedom to do whatever you want to do whenever you feel like doing it. And you know, most people have that at least to some degree when they're not in prison. But I feel like entrepreneurs have it to that extreme degree. And that's, that's really the why for, for most of us. Yeah. It's, it's making those personal choices, those value choices. Uh, you know, it's, it, it is interesting. Cause I think sometimes there's these like kind of nebulous numbers that people throw out around that really don't mean anything. I mean, my, my opinion, it's like, well, you work f- worth $50 million as a company, hundred million, you know, you want to get to this, you know, exit, th- whatever number, um, which I think are just, they don't mean anything because you have to choose like, Hey, do I want to be a $3 million business? 
and actually go home and not want to kill myself? Or do I want to be a $10 million business and have to hire more people and then never see my wife and never see my kids and never have any freedom? So <clears throat> is the 7 million really going to matter in the end? Um, right. And so we, we we make these kind of value judgments based on just very generic things, which actually I think is just ego and pride and, you know, just so we can say, oh, we're a $100 million company or whatever. Um, but you can't put it again, you can't put a price tag on being available to your spouse or your kids or right. being able to go, you know, work out or being able to go for a walk or take a day off or, you know, whatever it is. Um, no, I think that's, I, I think that's, uh, you know, you're tapping into something that's not just about, um, you know, entrepreneurship just being this sexy, cool thing and, you know, and, and, you know, everybody's doing it or, or what have you, but there is a, there's a personal reality to it. Um, and a, and a, a value judgment and a, and a longevity thing that I think is important too. Um, and I wanted to come back to something that's along these same lines is you mentioned earlier about you're paying attention to your customers. Um, so when you were kind of beginning, uh, your company, uh, when did that start to factor in? I mean, obviously you're in your head. I mean, in the general sense, you're saying, okay, we have this product. We want to sell it to people. Um, you know, we think it solves some problems. Um, when did you start to understand like who is your customer or who buys these things or what, you know, what do they need? What do they look like? What's their demographic, whatever. Um, how, how do you guys, what's your process to kind of understand the customer um, uh, then and even now? Um, that started really, really early on. Um, actually from almost from day one. Uh, I feel like the, the first version was, yeah, it was for myself, it was for, for solving a pro uh, problem I had. But as soon as we started actually having people sign up, they started coming with suggestions and, and, and requests for features that they wanted uh, or they, they would like to see. And every time we got some of those, uh, it's always, you know, a, 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 you know, discussion, we have to figure out, like, is this something that's actually going to benefit every customer or, or most of them or, or and so on and so on. But we very early on started getting those and, and every time we added new things, we would get bigger customers. So uh, they would then come and have other requests and all of a sudden we had a, a product that appealed to startups with two employees and enterprises with 5,000. I mean, we have literally that range today, everything from, from a startup to, to Facebook, Google, uh, Samsung, Lyft, Airbnb, and so on, our customers. And and, and it's, it's really just because of, of, of uh, you know, how we we kind of thought about uh, the product needs to be scalable. It needs to 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 pri be priced so that it can be affordable for everyone. And then I just have this, you know, I, I want everyone to have the same playing field, be on the same playing field. I, I I want to make sure that a startup has the same, at least, uh, options as uh, the big ones. So that means that uh, instead of having different tiers of of, of pricing, we uh, basically just created a, a, a paper use so so you know you, you pay for the, the calls and the texts and, all, and so on and you get all the features from day one so you just pay for what you use of those and that means that it works for a two-person startup uh, because they will be calling less than a 5,000 man enterprise um, but you have the same means meaning that you essentially at least are a little bit closer to competing against them like we were in the beginning uh, where, where we started out so I think that 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 whole thing has has always been very important. Is is we look at at, uh, at 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 what what makes sense to add to the product. What what makes sense? Uh, what, what do they want? Uh, and 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 at the same time, you know, we've also been innovative. We've been you know 
uh, coming up with new things that people haven't been seen before. But it's again one of those things where it would make sense if we had a feature that could do this and this because that's going to help people do this and this and this. Uh, so while there might have been features that we haven't you know even seen before anywhere else, um, it's still been 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 very much with the with the customer in in in, in center. No, I like that. It sounds like you know you're trying to kind of do the great kind of equalizer of you know it doesn't matter if you're small <laughs> or big or you know um, you should have you should have access to you know the same features the same opportunities. Um, that's what I, I mean. I love what, when tech is done done really well because it it does kind of equalize. You know, again, you know you can be a one man person a show or you know fifty or thousand whatever. Um, that you can still have the the tools necessary to do what mm-hmm. whatever you're you know called to do. Um, well, Peter, I have to, um, you know, ask you again, I, I, I had mentioned at, at the top of the the show that, um, you know, you've been through some things some pretty traumatic things, uh, survived a, a plane crash, apparently, um, obviously leading a company, the stresses of that, obviously, you know, you're talking about, you know, customers giving you, you know, ideas, but I imagine customers aren't always, um, the, the kindest people in the world. Um, how do you, um, you know, just as a leader, as a CEO, as a founder, as a creative guy, musician, all that, hus- you know, husband, um, I don't know if you're a father, but um, navigating all of that, um, how, how do you kind of stay focused on the task and and how do you, you know, live as a decent human with all the stresses and adversity that you've been through? Um, I'm, I'm, I'm really resilient, I think. I'm very stubborn and resilient. So I'm, <laughs> I'm one of those kids that's, that, that just bounces back right back up if you, if you push them over. <laughs> So um, and a little bit naive, you know. Like I, I, I have this, this, uh, uh, you know, when I when I come up with something new, for example, tells you, I mean, logically, you shouldn't start a phone company on a bootstrap budget on sixteen thousand dollars and think you can compete against AT and T. That makes no sense. But the math adds up uh, in terms of you know the revenue and, and the, the the cost of running the service and so on and so forth. So so if you can build a product that can compete, then you can compete. Uh, because someone will pay, then you got to figure out how you get to the customers, and that was, of course, the hardest part. Uh, that's that's where they have a lot of money and we don't, so we had to be creative. But I think uh, you know, in terms of handling the stress, I I I'm, I don't get stressed uh, a lot. It's 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 uh, I'm really good at just uh, if there's something bothering me, just go to bed and and sleep and get a good night's rest, and you'll be able to tackle it tomorrow and and have fresh eyes on it. That's 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 uh, one of those things I'm, I'm good at. And then you know, staying focused. That's probably the hardest part because I have raging ADD like most people in my industry uh, <laughs> uh, or, or like like uh, people like me at least um, and and uh, that's something I've learned over the years to tackle I've, I've uh, even before I knew that that was a term and that was actually a diagnosis uh, I mean when I grew up I that wasn't even a thing so I was just told I was uh, lazy when it was uh, things I'm not interested in but uh, I still got straight A's so how was that um, but you know, it's it's that's something I've learned, and and I've been good at at, at getting some uh, some some team members around me that you know complement the things I'm not good at and that I'm not interested in, uh, so I can focus on the things that I am good at and and actually make sure that I leverage what I call my superpower, mm-hmm. um, and that's really you know I can dive down in that rabbit hole and learn everything about a subject uh, in in one night and and you know uh, that's a superpower in itself and. Mm-hmm something i need to 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 use right hmm. well yeah it's funny is uh i think people don't understand add um actually it, it allows you to be hyper focused 
on things. And so it's not just like you're scattered and it's all, but, but actually, like you said, you can actually focus in on a subject or a topic or learn something and just go crazy. And like, um, yeah, I, I have, I have, I have that too. So, and one of my, one of my sons does, so it's funny just watching him kind of, he gets obsessed about things, but he'll know it backwards and forwards. He learned how to do, you know, he's got a little YouTube channel and he's got like, you know, hundreds of thousands of followers, but he just kind of like figured it out on his own. Like, I mean, we just kind of, you know, encouraged him, and, you know, and yet he just, it's like when he gets into something, he gets into something, you know? Uh, so it is yeah. funny, but then simultaneously it's like, Oh, Oh, shiny penny over here, you know? And then it's like, yeah, exactly. what's, right. what's the next thing, point. you know? <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. The distraction is real. Um, but I think you're, uh, you know, you're hitting on something too, that, um, I think anybody in the, in the business space, entrepreneurial space, creative space, um, is really knowing yourself is really a gift and it's actually a gift to your team. It's a gift to those around you. It's a gift to the people you love. Um, the, the, qu- the quicker we can kind of be aware of that, actually, it helps us kind of build what we're building because I think we can, like you said, kind of manage your weaknesses or manage the, yeah. the things we're just not good at. And I, and I think it's, it's actually unfair because I think sometimes people think entrepreneur or CEO or, or, you know, leader of something that they're all like this, you know, they all look this way or they all have certain personalities or gifts or whatever. Um, but you realize, yeah, they don't. And, and the quicker you can realize that actually the expectation from your employees and the people that are around you understand like, Hey, I'm just not good at certain things. And that's, yeah. you know, that's just, or I'm introverted, I'm extroverted. I'm, you know, this or that. Um, that's good to know because then you don't have this expectation of like, well, if someone's super introverted, they're not going to always be, you know, out wanting to meet with people and, you know, they need, right. they need their time to recharge and those kinds of things. No, that, that's lo- actually if spot on. And, and that's one of the things that we, we focus a lot on. We, we actually give all our, our new employees uh, or new hire, hires a uh, Mayor Briggs uh, personality test. Hmm. So we know where they fit in our, our right. team yep. and how to, how, how people interact with each other. So I think it's spot on. And, and I think also, you know, what you say about, uh, honing in on th- things. That's also one of the things why, or the reasons why we were able to actually get customers and compete. Because what we had to do, I touched on it earlier with with the you know the marketing and, and getting customers. We've actually ne- never paid for ads. We never spent dollars on advertising. We had to get really good at SEO because the thing about our product is we, it's really really hard to sell call someone and sell a phone system. Like it's it's one of those things people just don't want to deal with. It just needs to work and and it needs to be stable. Uh, so you got to be available and be present wh- whenever someone's looking for one, like for whatever reason that might be. That means that we have to be on Google's page number one. Um, and in our industry, it's five six hundred dollars per click for ads there uh, to buy ourselves. Way the the math adds up, uh, you know, uh, because customers usually stick around for a long time and 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 so on so much per month. But that's a huge upfront cost that we couldn't afford. Uh, we couldn't buy those customers the same way as our competitors. So we have to get really really good at SEO. And that's again one of those things where I was able to just completely go crazy and, and and dive all the way to the bottom of that rabbit hole and learn everything there is about it. And now, if we Google things like phone menu or call queue or stuff like that, we are number one on Google. Um, and and you know we are competing against companies that not only can afford to pay ads but also have huge teams doing the SEO for them. Uh, and 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 here we are still you know beating them on that. And that's really that that uh, ability to to put. A team together that you know complements each other and also knows each other's strengths and weaknesses, so uh, we can you know take advantage of all the positive things that we have. Mm-hmm. Right. 
I imagine uh, being a musician, probably, you know, driving around in a van, you know, <laughs> throwing things together. Uh, I was, you know, in college, I was in a band too. And and it's, you, you learn how to do all that stuff. You learn how to like yeah. market yourself. You, I mean, you don't have money, you don't have any money, you don't have any. So you just, <laughs> you do whatever you got to do, you know? And I think yeah. it's funny when you look back, you, you go, oh yeah, that, those are all those experiences that maybe were really difficult or, you know, you just kind of like exhausted, you know, obviously you burned out a little bit, um, but you go, oh, those were all learning opportunities. Those were things I could actually take to the next thing. And and those aren't wasted. You know, I imagine that that probably helps you along the way. Probably that's probably why you are so resilient, you know, like you've probably seen the worst. So nothing phases you, right? Um, yeah, exactly. And, and I usually always say that to my wife as well is, is, is you know, if, if when things are, are tough, uh, because obviously things are tough once in a while, and mm-hmm. especially in business, it's a roller coaster, right? And sure. especially in the beginning, I've always said, we're going to laugh at this in, 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 in five years from now. We're going to look back and, and see, holy, that was a crazy time of our life. But, mm-hmm. you know, that's, and, and it is like that. You, you, you look back and you're just like, okay, I gained some really valuable lessons. We learned some, something new back then and, and all that. And it's always like that. And, and yeah, musicians for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's right. no, no doubt about that. I, I actually had a, a conversation with a good friend uh, who was uh, uh, the CMO of TeamViewer, so very, very big company. And, and I, I, I spoke to him about why is it that a lot of our old DJ friends, uh, the ones that were actually really successful DJs at the top, why are they in really, really big positions at big companies today? Like, why, why are they making good entrepreneurs or, 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 or successful managers and, and, and leaders? And I think it's really that what you just said is you have to do everything yourself. You, you learn mm-hmm. to become a one-man army and, and do marketing and sales, uh, uh, like all the practical things, uh, tour planning and all that stuff yourself uh, because there's no one else to do it, at least in the beginning. So you have to, to get really good at that in order to get you know, big as a DJ or musician. Um, so the ones that are big have been through it, all of them, mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. So uh, going back to that a little bit with your your company, um, so Telzio, so you're you're competing with like big, huge AT and T, you know, yeah. Verizon. Um, w- when you're kind of sitting in those early days, I mean, w- how are you kind of processing? what's going to make us any different? Like what, what, how do we set ourselves apart? Like, I mean, obviously we're trying to compete against companies that have been around forever, you know, tons of, you know, billions of dollars behind them. Um, what, was there any ways of the, just thinking through like, what's, what's our angle? What's our in, what's our, who are, who's our customer, even in those early kind of days before you had it all, you know, at least somewhat figured out, but like, what, was there any thought of like, this are things unique. Here's why it's unique. Yeah, so I think in the beginning uh, we weren't focused on competing against those those guys uh, because the product wasn't uh, ready to compete. Uh, it was a it was a product that was very much targeted startups in the beginning, uh, limited features but affordable and easy to use. Um, and even our brand, uh, we changed our logo a couple of years where we actually just removed a little cartoon character ish thing we had in, in front of the current logo. Because in the beginning it was very much targeted startups, and and it now looks too targeted startups because we target pretty much all sizes of businesses today. Um, but but yeah, we, we didn't really think that much about uh, how we compete and, and make ourselves different than them. Uh, instead, we were focused on just making a stable product and making sure that those customers that do come in get a good experience and stay. Um, and then we, you know, added, like I said earlier, we've been kind of innovating some things and we came first with, with certain features that no one had seen before. And and that's just how we are. That's just like in our DNA. So we can't stop playing with, with new things and ideas and try things out 
and some of them become products, some of them don't. Um, but that is kind of things that I think sets us apart. And then pricing-wise, like I said earlier, we're the only ones in our industry still to the day that, that uh, only charge for usage. Everyone else has different pricing tiers and plans with unlimited use, usage and stuff like that. But that's, I mean, it's, it's a good way to make money. Uh, don't get me wrong. Uh, it's, it's, it's probably the best thing that, that uh, phone companies have ever invented for themselves is, is those unlimited plans because no one needs that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and if you think about it, you, you don't pay for uh, electricity or water for your business uh, per person. So why is it you do that for your phone service? Right, so um, that that I think that was was what really was set us apart is, is we're trying to be fair. We're not trying to just take advantage of our customers and squeeze every penny. It's, we we're not in it for for that. We are just in it for building a good product, and I think that just comes through. And you know, you can read our reviews and and things like that. That's that's really what people mention is they get a good experience with us. I wonder. Uh, I've been thinking about this a lot lately, and I don't know if this is a if it applies directly, but. Uh, it, the idea between like the, you know, kind of the, the scarcity mindset versus like the abundant mindset mm-hmm. is it sounds like what you were kind of thinking about was, well, we're not going to compete with AT&T or Verizon, but I think there's enough room for all of us to play. Exactly. And, and sometimes that's, you know, I think, I think people fall into that trap. They just think, well, we're not those things. We're never going to be those things. So what, why even try, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but the reality is like, there's enough abundance for everybody. Like everybody can play like, yeah, we may be smaller. We may be a little more nimble, but why, why can't we, you know, and I think like artists fall into that trap. It's, you know, it's a little bit with, you know, Kevin Kelly and his the thousand, you know, true fans. It's like, if you find a thousand true fans, like you'll be okay. Uh, but we think, oh, I can't compete with Aerosmith. I can't compete with, you know, nice. bands that have been around for 50 years. Well, like, yeah, of course you can't like no one can, <laughs> you know, you're not Coldplay. You're not, you know, whoever, but you can be the best version of you and have a great life with, you know, a, a nimble raving fan base. And it's, again, it's not the at ts It's not the, and we can also have our own, you know, I like what you're saying. Your uniqueness is, Hey, we're not going to do what everyone else is doing either. We're going to actually add a lot of value to, to our customers. Um, I think that's important. Yeah. I, I appreciate you saying that. Cause I think it's like, that's not the right move. The right move isn't how do we outpace the big guys, but it's say, right. let's just be the best version of us, you know? Yeah. And what I feel is interesting is, is some, something I, I think about a lot is in Denmark, there's 5.8 million people, almost 6 million people, right? There's way more people in Los Angeles, where I live today. Um, the mayor of Los Angeles, just the mayor of Los Angeles is responsible for more people than this, the prime minister or the king of Denmark. <laughs> right. right? So, so just think about that. that, that <laughs> it's, 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 it's not about uh, becoming the best of, of, uh, of the, the world or, or, or the country. It's about just having a, take, taking a piece of that pie and, and, and be the best of, of that for that group that you are in front of. Mm-hmm. That's good. I think that probably takes a lot of pressure off you too. Like, mm-hmm. cause then you start doing the, com- I mean, we're so bad at like being, doing the comparison thing and the comparison game and, you know, we got to be Facebook or we got to be, you know, whatever. And I don't think that's the right metric. I mean, right. and some of those, you know, it's, it, there's always a, I always say too, there's like a context or there's a story behind all those big companies and big artists and whatever. And you can't replicate that. Like, you know, w- what Bezos was doing and, and what, you know, uh, you know, the f- Facebook guy, you know, w- whatever, like there's a story behind that. There's a unique 
set of circumstances that you cannot replicate. And yet we always right. think we can, right? Google, you know, you name it, right? It's like, you have to just live into the story that, and the opportunities and the experiences and the things that you had, as opposed to try to, you know, replicate all that. And I think, so we get a lot of, you know, wannabes or you get a lot of like, I could just do what they did, you know? And it's like, no, that's yeah, not how, yeah. that's not how it works. Right. But ne never, never successful with that. Right. So, right. <laughs> like who's ever seen one of those bands that come after that try to be the same type of band right. succeed? No, yep. never happens. No, uh, no. Not, not to the same level. Yeah. So, um, so Peter, tell me a little bit. We we started talking about it a little bit, but I'm I'm always paying attention to to like the inner world, the the ways that you know, if you're a leader or you're an artist or you're making anything or trying to, you know, live a decent life and make an impact on the world or whatever, um, the inner world matters and staying healthy and staying aware of just who I am and habits or whatever. What are, what are like some habits that you've kind of either put in your have had in your life for a long time or kind of put into your life for various reasons just to kind of be you know the best husband you can be and leader you can be and and what, what does that look like for you well i'm i'm oh i'm i'm, I'm terrible at, at certain things like that I'm, i'm really terrible at taking care of myself uh let's start with that mm -hmm. <laughs> but but um I became a dad uh, what almost two years ago. I have, I have twin babies. Um, oh, great! And, and that Congrats. definitely changed. Thank you. That that definitely changed certain things, right? I I, I all of a sudden uh, need to make sure I stay alive at least. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> It's a good goal. And, uh, yeah, exactly. So we start there. Um, but uh, yeah, so so I do sit in front of my computer many many hours a day. Uh, so what I try to do is walk to and from work. Uh, that's a good hour each way. And I can, you know, listen to podcasts or, or, or you know, uh, make calls and stuff like that so I could get some stuff done. Because I'm, I'm, I'm not the kind of person that can just stand in a, in a, in a gym. Uh, I, I get really anxious when I'm in a gym because I'm like, I, I'm not going anywhere. I'm not doing anything. I'm not, uh, mm -hmm. I, I have this, this uh, even though I know it's, it's good for me to, to do it and I should be doing it, I, it's still in the back of my head and I get really stressed out. That's actually one of the things that do stress me out. Um, so, so I, 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 I do, you know, try to walk back and forth uh, every single day and, and, uh, uh, and then I try to be home every day, uh, before bedtime. So I can at least put the kids to bed, uh, say good night. And then, um, I will sit in, in bed with them until three or four in the morning and sit and work on my laptop. But, you know, when they wake up and look around, daddy's there and, and I can give them their, their binky and, and, and say good night again and then sit and work. But that's to me at least is really important and i feel like that's that's the way i can uh you know get get to be with them and still run a company because obviously let's not lie it's it's, it's it takes time and and, and it mm -hmm. there are sacrifices when you when you run a business and then i try to um well not try i've actually been really good at it uh, since they were born, not work on the weekends i used to work seven days a week And now I, well, I do at night on the weekends when they sleep, but in the daytime I'm there um, and I'm home. So at least, you know, I get to get that time. But those are hard things and it's things that I have to learn. Uh, it's not something that's just natural for me because mm -hmm. I'm just a machine. I, I want to work all the time. I can't stop working. Hmm. So something that you really have to, you know, I, I had to be mindful about and something that my wife had to really, you know, beat down my my, my throat sometimes. Like I need to make, make sure I'm home and call me and, Are you on your way and stuff like that, you know, because I forget time when I'm working. So, um, but yeah, those, those are definitely some of the, the habits that I've, mm -hmm. I started getting. Yeah. No, I love that. because I, I think families actually, you know, I, I heard a guy the other day talking about, 
you know, if he was still single, he'd probably be, you know, just a workaholic. And he says, families, you know, actually allow us to kind of, if, you know, if we're aware enough to go, Hey, I want to be around with my kids. I want to spend time with them. They force us to slow down, you know, whether we like it or not, uh, unless you just want to be a douchey dad and, you know, and our kids meet us 18 years later, but, um, but you're right. There, there is a, um, there's a healthy sacrifice to it. There's a reality. And I think even just talking to your kids about that, talking to your, your wife about, I mean, she knows that, but, but it's more like, yeah, if, if we want this kind of life, well, there's going to be some sacrifices, you know, but I'm going to, I'm going to work really hard to be available as much as I can, you know, um, you, you can't have it necessarily both ways, but, but I think that's, that's important. Um, I think also you mentioned just, you know, season of life kind of dictates habits sometimes, you know, the things we do that, or the things we need to do, you know, obviously yeah. two twins, you know, young <laughs> want to be available, you know, want to walk. I want to be healthy. I want to be, you know, sometimes that does gets forced upon us, but other, other seasons might be busier and you're not allowed to do those things or you don't have the time to do those things or whatever it may be. Um, but that, but I, yeah, I think sometimes people think it's, it's always this, it's always this one thing, or it always looks like this, but seasons of life really dictate a lot of that. So appreciate you, you sharing that. So um, I always like to ask a guest too, because I think there's a lot of learning and there's probably a million stories you could share, but, um, any one story that you can think of, um, and this is always not, not the positive ones, not when you made a million dollars, but more, um, w- failure, uh, you know, th- something didn't work out. Um, could be business, could be your band, could be, you know, life, whatever. And what was kind of like the lesson that you learned from, from that mishap? Um, yeah, I mean, I think when when I, if, if we go back to when I was 23, 4, 5-ish, um, I had a lot of success with my band. Uh, we were on tour in Germany and, and, and had uh, you know, really big releases. And, and I started my own record label really just because I saw that what, what, what the label was doing. And I was like, I can do that. So, uh, so we could release our own music in that way and started signing more artists and, and, and actually had some success with that. But as I was doing that... Um, this was before I, I, I had that uh, self-awareness uh, about and, and, and even knew that I had ADD. Um, I am the kind of person that just wants to help everyone. Uh, I want to, uh, you know, uh, do everything that I think is fun and, and, and you know, chase that shiny object. Um, and I was definitely doing that. And I was promising way more that I could deliver. And and, and the reason why it was really when I... When I look at people and, and friends and stuff, and, and, and there's something that I see that they're doing that I can help them with, that I know that I'll be good at, I want to help them. I want to make sure that that you know I, I not because I expect anything back or anything like that. I just want to help. I want to I, I want to contribute. And um, what I hadn't learned back then was that when you do that, when you offer your help and you you want to want to do those things, you have to do it. You have to follow through. Otherwise, it's ten times worse than if you hadn't offered or said yes in the beginning so i burned a lot of bridges and friendships and stuff like that where uh, you know I, because there was simply just too much going on and I, I just didn't know how to to manage my time or or getting stuff done that wasn't interesting to me back then um so at some point my old manager um our booking agent she pulled me aside and said hey uh peter we What's going on? We, I see what's happening here. At that point, I had my record label was was in the same office as, as her uh, booking agency. I was renting space from her, and she was like, "I'm seeing what's happening, uh, and I'm hearing things from 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 other people, and uh, we need to fix this." So she was actually the one that uh, 
basically gave me a timeout and uh, <laughs> facilitated that I sold uh, the label to uh, to Sony Music and and uh, just said let's uh, stop and and uh, and and um, and basically I, I I ended up moving back on my mom's couch for a month or so and and. At that point, it was it was right at the same time I, I actually got evicted from my apartment because I couldn't pay rent because I was just all in on everything uh, uh, and wasn't getting any money in because I didn't complete things either. So uh, it was it was definitely a bad period of my my life and and um, it's just so much going on. But the fact that I had someone around me to pull me aside and 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 make sure that I got out on the other side was so crucial because that learned that taught me about um you know how the, the importance of, of 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 being able to say no and not doing everything just to please everyone uh but make sure that you follow through on everything and and and, yeah. and you deliver a good product and at the same time you know I was able to um to regroup and and uh, that's why I ended up getting way more success with music later on uh was because I you know I was able to, 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 to have that period uh, pretty early on, I would say, like early 20s, right? So um, I'm just lucky that, that I had them around me. Mm-hmm. That's great. It's great to have people, too, that are honest enough to tell you, like, hey, <laughs> maybe you need to think about some things. Yeah. Um, that's a, there's probably a lesson in there, too. Uh, well, Peter, this has been great. Uh, before we, we go get to the end of the, the conversation, um, you know, you're definitely in a unique situation. I interview all different kinds of people, but you're, you know, you're started a company, um, started different things, you know, creative, all that. Um, what would be like one, two, three truths, words of wisdom, advice to someone that's trying to start something, a business, write a book, get something off the ground? What would be some some lessons that you've learned that you'd want to say, hey, this is what I would think about if I was you. If you could look back at the the old Peter. Um, yeah, I, I think. That- the young Peter, I should say. <laughs> right. I think think the na- nativity and stubbornness is is really important. Uh, uh, I'm I'm incredibly stubborn, and that's also why we've been able to succeed and 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 keep going because I don't take no for an answer. If someone tells me no, I'm not gonna fund you, or no, you can't do that. It doesn't make sense. I'm gonna definitely show you them that it makes sense and that I can do it. So I have this, you know, urge to prove people wrong uh, when they tell me something I can't do. Uh, so so the nativity. And, and stubbornness, I think that's really, really important to have uh, because, yeah, certain things don't make sense, but they maybe actually do if you really think about it. Uh, the math might add up, but 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 have the uh, the nat- nativity to to start things and and not you know just listen to everyone. I think yeah. that's important. Um, I think it's a PB Longstocking that says, uh, "I've never done that before, so I'm sure I'll be good at it." Mm-hmm. I, I like that because uh, at least try and 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 you know. Why, why, why not try? And and maybe you'll succeed. Maybe you won't. But hey, you won't know if you don't try. Hmm. I like that. Like it. Well, Peter, this has been great. Uh, before we go, uh, tell us kind of what's next for you and where people can find you. Um, well, f- next for me, I'm I'm just uh, knees deep in in AI stuff at the moment. So we're rolling out new products uh, that we prepared for us since 2017. We registered AIattendant.com. We knew this was gonna come for our industry uh, and now we're just excited to roll it out um, so, so that's next for me um, if you want to get in touch with me and and, and uh, reach out uh, happy when people do that uh, petersroda.com is uh, where to find all my contact information all my social media and all that stuff and then tells you T-E-L-Z like a zebra Z as in zebra um is the website and, and there's a free trial I usually 
love when people uh, go sign up for that trial. We have a really good conversion rate when people try out the product. So please go do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Telsio.com. Yeah. Sounds great. Well, Peter, this has been fantastic. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for sharing your wisdom, your ups and your downs, your lessons learned. And uh, we're so thankful for you and uh, and the things you're making and putting out in the world. We know it's making a little bit, a little better place. So we appreciate you and uh, and all the best. Thank you so much for having me. That was, that was really a pleasure. Well, there you have it, my friends, Peter Schroeder. Go check out his company. I I think you'll find it fascinating. And uh, if you are starting a business or you are a one-man or one-woman show um, and need some phone services, uh, they might be helpful for you. So check out his website. It's all in the show notes. Uh, Go find Peter, see what he's up to. Uh, Just an interesting guy. And uh, like I said in the opening, I, I really think it's an interesting way of thinking about whatever you're making, whatever you're doing, is the comparison game is real. And yet I think don't think it's the place that we should live. And I don't think it's the place we, we should end. I don't think it's the place that uh, really brings anything good into the world. Um, because there's always a way to, to find a unique angle, a unique voice. Uh, especially think about that in creativity. Everyone always says, well, why do we need to write books? And why do we need to you know, make more music? Hasn't everything been done and said? But, but the difference is it's your unique voice. It's your angle on the world. It's the way you see things. Uh, the way it sounds, the way it looks, it's that's what makes it unique. It's not that there's really anything new to be said, uh, but it's how you say it and how you do it. And so Peter's a great example of that, how his company is, hey, this is how we're going to say it. This is how we're going to do it. This is how, what our message is in the world. And so think about that. Hang on to that. Uh, I think it'll take us really, really far. Uh, so before we go, hey, if you could leave a rating review on iTunes or wherever you listen to this podcast, that'd really help us get out in the world. Word of mouth still works. Share it with your friends. Pass it along. And we'd really appreciate that. Sign up for the newsletter. Love to get you in the community. Uh, we have a free and paid version. Um, and so got folks in both. And uh, yeah, we'd love to have you be part of what we're doing and uh, learn how to pay attention to things. Get some other cool things coming around the, in the corner that I'll talk about later. But uh, yeah, sign up for the newsletter. Stay updated on everything that's going on. Love to hear from you. Love to, to get to know you. It's a great community over there. Um, and all that information will be in the show notes. And you can check it on out. Well, whenever you are listening to this, if you are celebrating Christmas, getting close to Christmas, driving to Christmas family obligations, whatever it may be, I hope you have a fantastic, hopeful, wonderful, joyful, peaceful Christmas. And uh, I am uh, looking forward to uh, a new year and looking forward to uh, helping each other pay attention to the things that, that matter most. And so before I go, go make some great art with your life. And I'll talk to you real, real soon.